It's the Score North Twin Show. All right, the Twins signed a guy. The Twins signed the guy. It was like a week, week and a half ago. Or like a week ago. Week ago. Josh Stamont. Welcome to Target Field, sir. And you're six and a half walks per nine rate. So he's a big strikeout guy, a big walk guy. Had a couple good seasons like three years ago. Bullpen guy. Maybe the Twins can get their hands on him and Mr. Miyagi him. But uh, he is he is the first incoming player for the 2024 Twins after losing Sonny Gray, Kenta Maeda, Emilio Pagan, Andrew Stevenson, Tyler Malley, Michael A. Taylor, still a free agent. By the way, uh, Kiermaier and Harrison Bader both off the board in the last couple of weeks, too, in terms of center field options, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You Can know. they just bring back Taylor? Like, I understand he's not ideal, but he could play center field and like he's a known commodity. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to cost you the world. I'm not asking you to spend a ton. I'm not even asking. Sign him a one-year contract again. I just want the security of a guy that can really play the position, and we know it. Yeah, I mean, do they have any money? I mean, what's their TV situation? Have they did they find some coins in the couch cushions we over holiday break? We haven't found out yet. It's T, It's still TBA. I'm telling you, I was driving in to downtown Minneapolis last night and looking over like 394 coming into downtown, looking at Target Field. I feel like the lights are dimmer than usual. Are they trying to save on the electricity bill too? Might be. Who knows? I feel like they usually have brighter lights, you know, so you can see it from afar. I feel like I feel like they're trying to find some ways to to save on their electrical bill too until well, they find a, a new TV partner. There's a possibility. All I'm look, I'm not asking for a lot. Just Michael A. Taylor, okay? Like I'm not asking for a big Christmas gift here good because christmas is over so you didn't get one well <laughs> you did actually his I'm name is josh stamont yeah josh Tom. yeah yeah here's a stamont oh thanks mom and dad <laughs> guess we're poor uh hey we have uh later in the show here the twins are on the grid yeah the twins are on the grid so we're going to try and go low the twins and a team that judd and i both grew up watching on wgn the cubs are also on the grid today love when the cubs are on the grid so anytime the twins and cubs are on the grid we should be able to to go low, but our guy Declan here has been ruminating for the last couple of days on Twins projected opening day lineups here. A lot of tweets. So we're gonna turn the show. We're gonna turn the show over to Declan, and the and the only rules are we have to have uh, lineups without Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco because we Correct. project those guys to probably not be on the team, right? Correct. So okay. no, no Polanco, no Kepler, all internal options. So I'm not making. An external player on the Twins. You trade for Mike, a uh, fantasy trade for yeah, Mike Trout. Yeah, that's all you've got right now is internal uh, There was, um, yeah. there's been Corey revisions. <clears throat> there's been revisions. There's been a lot of different things. If I'm being completely honest, I didn't like this exercise because it was very difficult dealing with these internal options with no external options. I will be, uh, I'll be frank. I wouldn't say I didn't like it. It was difficult. It was difficult. I, hope, I liked it. I it was yeah. promoted. I hope you have some spring training surprises on mm. the roster. Mm. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you're only working with the 40-man roster right now, and it's like, I think we would all agree, it, it can't be complete right now. There's no right. way, obviously, with, with Kepler and Polanco, there's there's been several reports, and there's even like a big MLB Trade Rumors article that kind of lists like the most likely options for Jorge Polanco. So that, that whole thing is coming down the pipeline at some point in January, but we're going to take those guys off the board, okay. and Declan's going to project the opening day lineup here. Okay, right? so I, I do have... Go. 
two lineups. I have a lineup against righties, and I have a lineup against lefties. So would you like me to start with the righties? Or is that how you like to go about this? Should I go, Let's should go, I go from there? You're going to face like... You're going to face more right-handed pitchers. Let's let's sure. start with versus a right-handed All right. pitcher. Version 1.0 versus right-handed pitching. Here is my Twins opening day lineup. Oh, that's great. Leading off for your Minnesota Twins and playing second base, Edward Julian. Edward Julian will lead things off. Rakes right-handed pitching. Horrible against left-handed pitching, but a very good uh, eye at the plate. I believe he made MLB's all-rookie team. Good guy to set the top of your order. He he leads things off for me. Yeah, he's Bat, a machine. Batting second might be a little bit of a surprise because I don't think you really would have this guy typically in the two hole. But after doing some research and figuring out he's actually a little quicker than you think he is, and he also destroys right-handed pitching, playing right field will be Matt Walner. I'm going to move up Matt Walner to the second spot in this batting order, and I'm going to have him in right. You'll see why, because I have someone else in left. Walner did play right with St. Paul, Mm. so he has experience in right field, by the way. Uh, Incredible OPS of 950 against right-handed pitching. A sprint speed in the 67th percentile. He's not flat-footed. This is not just a big lug necessarily on the bases. I could see him still hitting fourth or fifth in this lineup, but this is Declan's lineup, and he's hitting second with my opening day lineup. So he's in right field batting second. He sure. does feast on right-handed pitching. So if you can if you can feature him, I, I like where, I'm curious to see where the rest of the lineup is going here, but I don't hate this. All right, so batting third and playing third, Bryce Lewis. Future of your, of your team, Mr. Clutch. Awesome moments in the postseason. I don't know how you don't have this guy batting second or third in the lineup. Uh, he's been incredible. Hopefully he stays healthy but he's the most important piece in this lineup. Potentially, he could have a breakout year if he plays 150 games or so. So he bats third in my lineup, playing third base. Great. Are we, uh, how confident are we now that he's kind of put the injuries behind him? Are we just, are we going to be nervous every time he's running to first base now that like a hamstring or something? I, I would say on like oh, yeah. a, a 10, like a be- 1 to 10 scale, 10 being Buxton level scared. I'm at like a 6 to 7 with him. Like yeah. I'm not full That's on high. panic, but. But I mean, That's he's high. he's had a lot of injuries. Yeah, tie for me. Yeah, until he gets through like a season of I don't know, take your pick, 140 games, something like that, like a substantial amount, not 162. Obviously, I'm going to be nervous. Got a stud though, man. When he's stud. out, oh, he's a yeah, stud, stud, great, stud, absolutely. Okay, right. batting cleanup, batting fourth, a guy I have been especially hard on uh, for the last month or so of the season. I'm going to put Alex Kirloff batting cleanup. He plays first base. He's bats cleanup. I'm also going to assume that that shoulder surgery is all good to go and he's healthy by opening day. I don't know the timeline of of because uh, he had the shoulder surgery correct yeah. right after the season. Yeah, um, questionable. I'm making some yeah. assumptions here again. I've only have internal options to deal with, but I'm going to assume yeah. that shoulder is good to go. He destroyed right-handed pitching last year, so I'm going to have him bat cleanup at first base for me. He makes yeah. me as n- nervous as Royce does too, though. Like, as far as is he ever going to reach his potential because of, you know, ailments that seem to find him. Well, and with him, it's with both him and Royce Lewis, we're kind of beyond the point of are they going to be productive major league? Like, we know they can hit when they're healthy. Correct. And yes. with, with with Royce, his injuries have essentially just taken him off the field. So when he's on the field, you're just seeing a, a fully realized, well, not yet because he's still young, but 
you're like when he's on the field, he's healthy and he's performing at a high level. With Kirloff, it's a bit more of a gray area because I think he's been grinding. He's been in the lineup grinding through things, mm-hmm. shoulder, wrist, the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. So you might look at his productivity and be like, oh, I don't know. He's played, he's played like 200 games. He's batting 259. The power's not really there. Can he hit major league pitching? And I, I think the answer is unequivocally yes when he's healthy. Yep. And if you look at, my God, like the last time, Let's look at just real quick here, like his his triple A production, which doesn't tell the whole story. There's been guys like Chris Calabello who are or uh, Terry Tiffy from like 20 years ago. Just because you mash triple A pitching doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to translate. But Alex Kirloff at triple A has a 366 average, a 1131 OPS and only 41 strikeouts in uh, in 236 trips like he has fully conquered the minor leagues. And when he's been healthy, he's raked at times in the major too. So you just have to hope shoulder wrist because he could legitimately be one of their best hitters. If he is finally clear of some of these injuries. All right. Continuing down the list, batting fifth for the twins and five and six. I think I would not be, you, you could, you could swap these guys either, or I think it's fine, but push comes to shove. I'm going to give Ryan Jeffers the fifth spot in this batting lineup. Uh, he had a breakout year, really good numbers against right-handed pitching too last year. Uh, so I'm going to keep Ryan Jeffers at fifth in this lineup at catcher, and I'll slide Carlos Correa at six at shortstop. Wow. So here's the thing. Correa last year really struggled against right-handed pitching. Um, 690 OPS, only hit 224. Pretty good against lefties, but really struggled against righties. Historically, Correa does Right-handers fairly well. He hits lefties better in his career naturally. But I'm going to give right now the benefit to Jeffers, but I would not be upset. And I understand, you know, uh, pecking order and, and captaincy and, you know, leadership. Yeah, you probably want Cray a little higher in your batting order, but I think Ryan Jeffers is the better man for this spot right now. So I have Jeffers fifth and Correa sixth in this lineup. So I, I get what you're doing here, because if you just look at last year's productivity, Correa was not productive for the most part. But I think a lot of that was due to the plantar uh, yep. fasciitis mm-hmm. issues that he had. If we're assuming he's coming back without those issues, and for the reasons you mentioned, like just politically and everything, he's going to be higher than sixth in in all lineups. And by the way, like against right-handed pitching and left-handed pitching, he has an OPS over 800 in his career against right-handed. So he doesn't struggle against right-handed pitching no. when he's healthy. Yeah. So if he's healthy, he's 100% going to be higher than sixth in the order. Yep. Is my is my pushback here. But fifth is fair, right? I mean, yeah. no, fifth sixth. seems No, no, no. I I'm saying if if he just goes up, slots up as Declan said, one sl- oh. uh, slot. If you flip him with Jeffers, that's probably what would take place. Yep. I, I think he'll hit fifth. I think sure. it's more likely he hits so, fifth. But again, this is Declan So like you're Ball. not dropping him to nine. Yeah, this is Declan Baldelli. Yeah. I think like there's something too with baseball players that fifth is still the meat of the lineup. Oh, yeah. You can ego wise, you can you can talk a baseball player into like, hey man, like we want the we want the table to be set for you. You're gonna fifth. drive in more runs this way. Yep. yep. Fifth is sixth is the beginning of the end of the lineup. Sixth fifth is, is the cutoff. I yeah. agree with you completely. From an ego standpoint, like if you've been in the league for as long as he has and you've put up yep. big seasons and whatever, like you're getting paid $30 million a year, yeah. you're you're going to want to hit fifth or higher, right? Yeah, for so sure. That, that would be a political discussion for sure. For sure. Okay. Okay, so seven, eight, nine. Fun little, fun little exercise here. 
batting seventh, playing left field, and making your opening day lineup is Austin Martin. Wow. Austin Martin has more experience in left field than right field, hence that's why I put Walner in right, Martin in left. Um, Good OBP guy. He's gotten on base a ton in the minor leagues. That's important. Uh, But has yet to really show to hit for power consistently. That being said, I think he makes this lineup. Uh, I think he's a fringe guy towards the end of the spring training uh, roster cuts, but I think he ends up making this lineup. And for for me, he's batting seventh, playing left field in my opening day lineup. I love this because it's go time for him. Also like, true. Like this is the time to find out. And, and your um, corner outfield positions are good because Walner has an absolute cannon for an arm. So that, that makes perfect sense. Yep. I, I think... Because what I what I don't want is this. Well, Austin Martin's going to be our center fielder a lot, and then it's like, oh boy, that's a lot to ask. <laughs> so I I love this. I love this soft launch left field, but it's definitely go time. Yeah, I'm okay with the I am okay with the soft launching of of Austin Martin two year. And like part of this exercise is we're dealing with the guys on the Declan's dealing with the guys who are available right yeah. now on the forty man, right? Oh. Um, yeah, he played so. He did have more experience in left field. He played 14 games in left field versus 12 games in center field last year. He's now for his minor league career, he's only played the 15 games in left, but he's also only played 65 games in center. So it's not like right. It's not like he has like a wealth of experience in the outfield. But yeah, soft launching him in left field, just get used to standing out there a little bit. I I this is I'm okay with this. I like where this is going especially if the eventual guy playing center can cover a lot of ground and help young Austin out. Uh, well, not so fast because batting eighth and designated hitting <laughs> is Byron Buxton. We're going to have low expectations for Byron Buxton. Low expectations wow. so he can exceed the low expectations. That's kind of my wow. thought process here. This is disappointing right now, Declan. I'm very disappointed. I, I mean, until he proves Boo. he can be healthy and play consistently, I can't bat him ahead of anyone else in this lineup. I don't care what you're paying him. I can't do that. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to put him in the outfield just yet. I would hope that he can get some time in the dang outfield in 2024. But for right now, he is my designated hitter, and he's batting as low as eighth. I love that Declan has told Byron Buxton and Carlos Correa, yeah, he's you guys are not hitting in the top five in this order again. You're Correa creating clubhouse problems, and we're on opening day. I love I'm Gabe what you're Kepler. doing. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, do, I'm creating, creating issues, and then I'm going to run it to front office instead. Uh, and batting ninth, rounding out this order, and playing center field, Willie Castro. I'm kind of out of options here. I don't, I don't, I don't know who else to play center field. He played 43, oh, let's see here, uh, 45 games in center last year. He's on the 40 man. Actually, oh, like in low key, he's not, he's, he's not a bad. Player. Willie Castro had a really good year last year. Um, yeah. He's a good utility guy to have, but if I'm working with what I got, I got Castro at nine. So from one through nine against right-handed pitching, your Twins opening day lineup is Julian at second. Matt Walner at right, Royce Lewis at third base, Alex Kirloff at first base batting fourth, Ryan Jeffers batting fifth at catcher, Carlos Correa batting sixth at shortstop, Austin Martin batting seventh and left, Byron Buxton DHing batting eighth, rounding things off Willie Castro in center field. And again, a disclaimer here, Max Kepler off limits for this exercise, Jorge yes. Polanco off limits. The only other real options on the 40 man, and, then you can, and we'll fly through your lefty lineup here too, um, against left-handed pitching, but the guys that you kind of left out, like Kyle Farmer, is still on the roster, but he's a. They might even non. When's the non-tender? Uh, they tendered him a contract. Oh, they tendered him. They okay. did, but they might trade him. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they could trade him still. Yeah. Um, 
Jose Miranda, after a weird sort of injury plague, non-productive season. Now a first baseman. Nick Gordon is still on the 40-man roster. He's on the bench. I'm fine with that. Trevor Larnick, former first-round pick. Like, the only change I might look to make against right-handed pitching is putting Trevor Larnick in the corner instead of Austin Martin. But there is something to be said for just loading up on fast players in the outfield who can reduce your your runs allowed. But mm. I can see I can see Correa <laughs> easily flipping with J- Jeffers. So yeah. Correa at sixth. I mean, I don't yeah. I, I think he'd have a problem like Phil said. Um Buxton would be if, for political reasons higher yeah. than Austin Martin too. Yep. I think Byron Buxton though, if he can play, um I think that's an even bigger political problem because fifth and sixth is like, okay, you're fifth and sixth. You don't like it, but but too Buxton bad. at eighth, I think Buxton you, would want to be would, yeah, for you, I think Buxton would be higher. I should say if I could take. I actually really like the Julian. I like I like Walner second man. Like that dude. Top three is good. That dude hits right-handed pitching. Uh, Royce Lewis has to be one of your top three hitters against both lefties and righties. I think. I think Buxton's um, fourth. Kirilov. You think Buxton would be fourth and then push yeah. Kirilov? Yep. So push Kirilov down. Interesting. Okay, give us against left-handers. Just fly through. Yeah, I'll fly through this. Uh, So leading things off against left-handed pitching playing second base is Kyle Farmer. Low-key, Kyle Farmer hits left-handed pitching very well. Go look up his numbers. He's in like 290, got an OPS almost 800. He's a solid utility option, okay? Uh, So he leads things off. He plays second base uh, against against a left-handed starter. Royce Lewis will bat second playing third base. Carlos Correa will bat third playing shortstop. He absolutely destroys left-handed pitching. I'm going to move Ryan Jeffers up to the cleanup spot. He'll bat fourth. Wow, you love Jeffers. This is where I'll give he's a stud. I'll give Buxton a little bit more love here. Buxton will bat fifth and DH. I'll give him some more opportunities against left-handed pitching. He stunk against both last year, but uh, theoretically, you'd like to think that he can hit left-handed pitching. I'll give him more of a benefit of the doubt here. He'll bat fifth in DH. I have Matt Walner batting six against right uh, in right field. Excuse me. So batting six, Matt Walner. He, both him and Kirloff struggle mightily against left-handed pitching. Uh, I spoiler alert: I don't have Edward Julian in this lineup. I think eventually you got to have these guys figure out left-handed pitching too. By the way, yeah, it's not like you, I can't so not play them. Uh, but in in this scenario, uh, Matt Walner bats six in right field. Willie Castro move up to seventh. He'll still play center field. Alex Kirloff uh, at first base, batting eighth, and then Austin Martin will round out the order in left field. So the defensive alignments, outside of a flip of Farmer for Julian, are mostly all the, still the same. Uh, but that would be my lineup against left-handed pitching, too. Interesting. Yeah, Julian, by the way, Julian was not nearly as bad in the minor leagues against left-handed pitching. Uh, but it's it's a lot of small sample size, too. So, um. At some point, it'd be great if he could just be in there every day at the top of your lineup. But I see what you're doing here. I think the moral of this story is the Twins need to get a couple more players yep. in here. <laughs> I think the moral of the story is Declan got extremely creative with a with a very small amount of paint. Yeah. The canvas didn't have a lot to go, and you were very creative. like um, You know, I, I got to admit, and he's a decent player, and to your point, in a utility role, he's good. But I really hate the fact that right now Castro has to be in the opening day lineup in center field. Yeah. And both of these, I'd really like to have him off my bench because I That's do like him. 
You are, um, I would say, in terms of like contending, oh, f- contending for the American League pennant, you yeah. are an unserious contender if your center field options to start the year are Byron Buxton, yeah. Willie Castro, and Austin Martin, right? You need yeah. someone. That's, that is one of the two most important positions, that and shortstop. And if you're going to go try and win 95 games and push it beyond where you did last year, Willie Castro has to be a nice, versatile player off the bench for you. Right. And yes, Twins fans, we all know that they made the majority of their moves last couple of years in January. Okay, yep. we're trying to come up with content because no one's done anything. We're not like desperate. We have plenty of ideas. In fact, I've been putting together. Yeah. And we can unveil this sometime maybe next week. The top 25 Twins of all time. Yeah. I, no, I'm I have content for like, for like 2024. Like what's going to take place? Oh, I mean, you made it sound like we're desperate for content, which is why we just did that exercise. I wouldn't say that. We are we are desperate for content about the upcoming season until it's provided by the no, team. We're yes, not. I I like your <laughs> I like your idea about the top twenty five twins, but I'd also love to have things to sink our teeth into, like we do for Vikings and Timberwolves <laughs> and Wild, when there's an actual free agency period and trading period that's active. I didn't know you were so angsty over. Are we gonna have to shut the twin show down if they don't sign another player? Are we? We can't talk I, about. I told Royce you Lewis? two weeks ago. I'm angsty about baseball. It's not just. It's not just a twins thing. I am, and I think Dex agrees with me. I'm angsty about baseball. I mean, I I want them to make moves. For sure. Well, the hot yeah. stove. So the hot stove's great when it's on. Hot stove's not on right now. No, it's not. By the way, for the uh, the top twenty five twins of all time. I do have them ranked one through 25 and I have consulted with two former twins, general managers to make sure that I'm not oh, missing oh. anything glaring Two okay. former twins, general managers. Put a pin in one that. of them said one of them was adamant about a player that wasn't in the 25. Said you got to find a way to put this guy in here somehow. So I got to see, I got to see Roberto how much weight I put. In there. Yeah. Terry told you, you got to get Roberto Kelly in there, man. <laughs> Marty Cordova has to yep. be in the 25 Rookie of the year. You a hole stud. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's put the twins on the grid here, immaculategrid.com. And this is a beauty here today because we have a category that we – actually, I'm pretty sure we we did that catcher category one time. We did we? Because okay. we did use Jeff Rebelay, which we could use again if we wanted to. But uh, we're looking for – we're looking to go low here because the twins are on the grid and the Cubs are on the grid, two teams that we've watched a lot on TV in our lives. We're looking for a twin who was a Cub, a twin who was an A, and a twin who played catcher at least once. A Rocky who was a Cub, a Rocky who was an A, and a Rocky who played catcher at least once. And then a Blue Jay who was a Cub, a Blue Jay who was an A, and a Blue Jay who played catcher at least once. At first glance, Latroy Hawkins has played for almost, if not all of these teams. Oh, I think, no, he has, yeah. This, I'm pretty sure Latroy Hawkins has played for all of the teams on the screen. That's the first thing they come. I think you're right. So, Joe, where do you want to start, Sports Dad? Oh boy! All right, let's start down with the Twins, the Twins and Cubs. I'll throw one at at you for a guy who was a Twin very, very briefly. I believe it was in the pennant race of '84, and then went to the Cubs. And I saw him on WGN. Do you guys remember uh, Phil? Because Dex won't. Do you remember Chris Spire? I do remember Chris Spire. Yeah. Chris Spire played for both the Twins and Cubs. Wow. So I'll start us off with... S-P-I-E-I... S-P-E... Or E-I-E-R. Yes, yes. Right? I do remember that. Very good. 
Very good. That's a good because uh, we're trying to go. I mean, there's a bunch of obvious ones like Ron Coomer, you know, and right. Spire is a good baseline for us. I'll give you another one from the night. Two relievers, or actually one of them might have been a starter. Willie Banks was a failed top five pick for the oh Twins that went to the Cubs. Damn. He and then there was that. a lefty specialist reliever that pitched for the Twins and the Cubs named Larry Cassian, who could also work. Oh, yeah. Larry Cassian. I was going to suggest uh, Scott Baker. Baker, after he injured out here, had stops yeah, with the Cubs up. and the Dodgers. And I think mm-hmm. even the Rangers. Brian Dunsing also went to the Cubs. Dunce. So I think if we're looking to go as low as possible, Spire. I'm going to say Spire or Cassian would be would be just not in anyone's mind. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all going to be these are all going to be pretty low. Um, you call it Cassian or Spire. Your call, Sports Dad. I'll try Spire. Yeah. I'm just curious where you I spell Spire. S P E I E R, I believe. Yeah. Yep, yep, he's right Chris there. Chris Spire. So he, he's played for a long time. Look at 18 years. Point one. Come on. Point, Point one. one. There you go. Starting out low. Let's keep going on the Twins train here. So we've, we've. I feel like Twins A's, this is like the fifth time we've seen Twins A's on the grid. I mean, Danny Valencia. Yeah, Valencia's we've always used there. Sam Fold yep. before. We've used yep. Sam Fold. Boof Bonzer we've talked about using before. Oh, the Boof. Oh. Brent Gates. Brent Gates. Gates was among the late 90s Twins you veterans. You know who else? I think he might have finished up with the A's. Your guy, Rich Becker. Rich Becker? Yeah. Who finished up with the A's? I think Grant Belfour actually might be too high. He was really yeah. good with yeah. Oakland. I would agree with that. Ruben Sierra <laughs> made a made a pass through in whatever, 04 or 06. He was a Ranger and an A in the 90s and a Yankee. He was a Yankee too. Guilty, right? Bobby Boy, guilty. Uh, Guilty is another. It's another one. I kind of like where Judd's going there. Becker, Rich Becker, Rich Becker, Tom Kelly's least favorite player. Wow. Here we go. Point one. Point one. Okay. Obscure Twins catchers. With okay. Jeff Rebelay we used one time because he emergency caught in a mid-90s game. So we know that's a low one. All right, so all catchers I can think of that are random, especially in the last 10 years. Uh, Hosmil Pinto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Morales. Um, Chris Herman. Um, you know, Avila caught for them, I think, in the COVID year. Um, yeah, he did. If you want to go back even like or even 90s, further, yeah. 2000s, they had a run of Marcus Jensen. They had, I saw Marcus Jensen hit an inside the park home run at the Metrodome one time. The left fielder dove for what would have been a single, missed, and the ball rolled to the wall. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of great backup catchers. There, there was a guy when I was a kid by the name of Glenn Borgman who batched, backed up Butch Weiniger. Marcus oh. Jensen might be extreme. I mean, that's a pull. Tom Prince from the early 2000s. I mean, Marcus yeah. Jensen's the most obscure one I can think of from. Yeah, and Borgman's mine. So, like, I, I think all those guys are super obscure. Marcus okay. Jensen? Marcus sure. Jensen. I, I forgot all about Marcus Jensen. Come on. He might have played for the A's, too, actually. Point oh three. Point oh three. I don't think anyone remembers the name. Oh. 
Let's do some Cubs. So I Cubs. think uh, Ted Lilly would work for, I think, all th- all two of these he would. squares. Yep. Might he be would, a little yeah. high, but um, it would work. It's, yep. It's a good baseline. Oh, uh, we could use Valencia for Blue Jays ace if we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, let's well, hold on. Let's mark a... Okay. Valencia, Lilly, I got in my head. That's a good one. Mm. A's and Blue Jays. Matt Stairs? I think he played for both those teams. Yep. Um, Billy Koch, closer. Billy Koch, yeah. For both those teams in the yep. early two mm. thousands. This Valencia might be the play here, though. Yeah, I think uh, we play the hits a lot. He was probably easily. So our we've most. got a Valencia and a Latroy. Yeah, we we could go all twins. If you want point two? Point two. Wait, wait, wait. What, what if we tried to go all twins and low? So for, for Blue Jays catcher, Greg Myers, Pat Borders. They're I'm just trying to, trying, to, trying to math. I don't know. I, we might yep. run into a snag. <sighs> where, where, where could we deploy LaTroy the best? Did Butera play for the Rockies? Yes, he did. He did? Drew, Drew. Butera played, Drew Butera played Blue Jays uh, multiple right? years for the yeah. Rockies. Should we fire Butera? Yeah. Sure. Yes. yes. Drew Butera. Greg Myers might be a good one too, Phil. One, one percent. Nice. So we're at nice. one. I love. We're Greg less Myers. than we're at less than two percent with four squares to go. Greg Myers is going to be way lower than Borders for sure, because Bor- Borders, Borders is popular. Yeah, he's a yeah. He's a good player. If we're um, if we're de- yeah, if we're devoted to twins. former twins, then Greg Myers would be. We've used him before on a some square. I can't remember. Yeah, there you go. Holy cow, that's great. 0.5? Oh, yeah. 0.5. Oh, this, oh, this is bad. This is good. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. So okay. where's Troy deployed? He pitched for Toronto. He pitched for Colorado. Did he pitch for the Cubs, though? Yes. Yeah. He oh, did. Yeah. He, he pitched for the Cubs. I think he went to the Cubs after the Twins, right? And closed for Yes. Him. Pretty sure. Do you want me to fire it for Toronto? Cubs for Latroy? Well, hold on. I'm just trying to think of other because if if our goal is to well, there's there's a few things at stake here. Right. We're definitely on pace for the best rarity score. I think eight or nine is the best rarity score we've ever had. Okay. But we also have six squares filled out with all former twins with three to go and a Latroy Hawkins in the bag, which means we would only need two former twins. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Um. Okay. Okay. Rocky Cub. Todd Walker is a former twin <laughs> who played for both those teams. Okay. Love it. Point five. Point five. Dudes. So we can do we can deploy LaTroy in one of these. Do we have What's a former twin in another one? Okay. Um Okay. A's Rockies. Did That's Fernando a, Rodney go to the Rockies? Good. He played for the A's. Did he play for Oh God, he's played for a bunch. He's a low key. Bartolo oh, never oh played God. for the. What? I have one. Okay. For A's Rockies. A's Rockies. Pat Neshek played for both those teams. My guy, Brooklyn Center's own. Oh, big time sports card. And and. Too. Well, that works. Yes. Point. What is it? Point five. Point five. I was gonna say Brian Fuentes played for both those. Oh, teams. Brian Fuentes. Yes. Brian. And then Latroy. Unload Latroy. Come on. This is huge. Four. 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 Four.
my god. Four. Oh With wow! All former twins, dude. Sc- I need to screenshot this. I'll grab. And that's it the highest. The, the YouTube. The Troy was one percent, right? That's yes. the highest. Uh, yeah, both. That's Drew Butera. Bonkers, dude. Oh my god. That's insane. I don't know that we can ever yeah, that, that's do a grid better than nine former twins and a four percent rarity score. Ridiculous. Wow. Ridiculous. Let's go. There it is. Your score on our twin show. We have just. Conquered the Immaculate Grid right there. By the way, if you take issue or if you have different ideas Uh for Declan's uh, righty and lefty lineups there, using only the options that we stated, no Max Kepler, no Polanco, no, you can't trade for Mike Trout, none of that stuff, hit us up in the YouTube comment section. Speaking of St. Paul Saints, yeah, train. Train's coming through. You don't know the train's celebrating. The train's Uh, celebrating the Immaculate Grid. When the train's coming through. 